Welcome back to Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show that takes a look at the widening wealth gap between the haves and the have-nots. So which side of the divide are you on? And how do you bridge that gap and gain greater economic control, freedom, and security for yourself and your loved ones? Welcome to Closing the Wealth Gap, the only show with weekly workable tips, ideas, and suggestions for average income earners like you on how to regain control of your financial future, your life, from the man who's helped millions, Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Paul, Paul, how you doing, buddy? Well, we're good to have you back. You know you had to take a little break there, but we're pleased to have you back on the air and sharing your inspiration and ideas with us. I'm always amazed at the things you come up with. Well, I tell you, I'm glad to be back um, in my hiatus. I had a lot of time to think, a lot of free time. And what I started looking at, um, you know, we our show is closing the wealth gap, and how do we bridge that gap between the have and the have-nots? And a little while back, you know, we had this thing called a government, you know, government closure, government uh, shutdown. Little thing, yeah. Little thing. What it exposed is that a lot of people didn't have a lot of savings that they could rely on. <laughs> no, people who should know better. Yeah, people <laughs> just should, should know better. And, you know, we had the it, and nice stories where people were, government employees were going to the food banks, and people were bringing them coffee and, and you know, sandwiches and things like that. And I was just thinking, like, wow, there's, you know, it exposed a, a, a rift as far as we would think that people were in better positions to handle being off work for 30 or 45 days. And I don't want to sound like a, uh, an old former left-wing hippie, but I sort of am. And I'd also exposed how the people who, the, the people in power, I don't care whether it's left or right, that what was the answer from the uh, uh, Commerce Secretary? Get a well, loan. Get a loan. Get a loan. Yeah, just go get a loan. <laughs> I, I just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling that people who worked in government weren't prepared for shutdowns, given the number we've had, and that the answer from those above was, go eat. Go go eat, eat bread. Eat go cake. Eat cake. Eat yeah. cake. If you can't eat bread, eat cake. So, it, uh, but it it goes back to it, it struck a nerve, and it was like, what can people really do to solve that problem? Well, you hear financial advisors, financial planners, uh, all the financial experts. They're saying, hey, look, well, what you need to do is save three to six months of your income yeah. for an emergency. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. But it's the standard. It's an industry standard. It's gospel. And think about this. Let's say if the average income today is about $4,000 a month. Okay. Four to $5,000 a month. What they're telling you is that you need to save fifteen to $30,000 yeah. in a checking account maybe or a savings account that's pro- probably paying less than 1% yeah. just for an emergency. Who's going to do that other than the, the wealthy. wealthy? Yeah. Nobody. And you know what else strikes me about your show, and I'm glad to hear you back on the air? You're like a preacher. You're always telling me, not just, you know, I'm going to hell, but you're always telling me, change the way you look at things. Wake up. When you Why change, are we not? I'm, I'm no different. You just described me out there. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. It really is based on perception, and it's a mindset. Yeah. And no one can, can go in... And change that for you. you. It's like you. It takes us like maybe thirty days to decide to get into the mode to whereas okay, we're gonna make this change. But once we decide, once we make that decision, 
the change is instantaneous. Yeah. And you start taking it one day at a time, and then it becomes a habit, then it becomes a norm, and then you look back and say, wow, why was I living my life that way? Why did, why did I subject myself to lack when I have all this abundance around me because of the way I was thinking? Can I just share a personal story, and then we'll get to your guest here? Sure. So, you know, I'm pretty open about my life. My wife is in her late 60s, and she was laid off from her bank job. Good job. Had it for 20 years. Thought she was going to last another couple, maybe around 70, and then she, but the whole job got wiped out. Seven, seven days notice, she and hundreds of other people were laid off. Now, right. why weren't we ready for this? Well, it was still coming. We still had another year or two, right? We thought. We thought. We weren't ready for this. She wasn't ready for this, financially, mentally. So she's been off. Now, okay, lucky us. They're going to give her some severance for a couple of months. And so a week or two goes by. I said, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. i got a couple months. What, are we going to wait till the last minute to figure this out? <laughs> Can we live without your salary? Uh, are you going to get another job? Is anybody who will hire you at this age? Are you going to go back and do minimum wage at uh, Walmart or something here? I don't know. And we start fighting. She doesn't want to talk about it. But she doesn't Paul, want to think about it. That's the norm. T- today, that's the norm. Yeah. And when people begin to open up and start talking about these things, they're talking about their mothers, their sisters, their cousins yeah. that's going through the same scenario that's starting pretty much all over again. Yeah. So we've, we, and uh, I, I just, on my own, sent out a couple of resumes, got her to write a resume and send out a couple of things. She's like, this is a waste of time. We got somebody. And I don't know if she's going to get the job or not, but to see her change in perception, and she starts crying. She says, I just thought nobody wanted me anymore. This is it. I'm over. Wow. And I'm thinking, aren't we all there? At what point do you say, I'm done, I'm over? And what does that do to you mentally and physically? Well, I tell you, it's, it's, a, it's, a, good, it's a great topic for another show. Yeah. But we got a guest waiting right now. He is. He's got. He's going to give us inspiration. I'm giving you downer stuff here. He's going to give you positive, upbeat stuff. Well, again, it's a problem that we need to solve as far as people being able to save money and have value to their savings. To whereas we have a currency that's based on a a word called fiat, and it's 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 a good faith currency. Just Italian word for a Roman word for made up. Made up, (laughs) and it's just based on the good faith of the United States government. I say it's it's worth a dollar, therefore it must be. Yeah. Well, again, we look at, you know, the Happy Meal, and we pay $6 for the Happy Meal, and we think that's how much it costs. Well, no, that's not how much it costs. It's just the money. There's no value to the money. So we have to come up with all these dollars just to get the Happy Meal. And this, that system cannot sustain itself. No, it, well, it, it I, I give, and I'll give you, I know your guest is waiting, but I'll give you another example. I was just reading about the uh, demise of the music industry, something I was very involved in years ago. And they said it really peaked around the late 90s, around when Napster started coming out. And they said, think about it. They used to get people to pay $20 for a piece of plastic in a plastic case. Right. Now you can't get them to spend 99 cents for, to download a song. Right. Uh, it, it's, so we thought that was just the way it was and it was going to last forever if you were in the music business. Well, a lot of people do. They think it's just going to last, but, and it, don't, it doesn't. It doesn't. So your guest is going to tell us how to, how to handle this? He's going to tell us basically it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a secret but it's 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 hidden in plain sight <laughs> that it's been it's been going around it's been going on for thousands of years since antiquity that people have saved money this way and maintained their value and it's here it's present today but people are not conditioned to see it i don't believe it 
I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen very suspectly here. What? What? Brent, let's bring a guest in. Who, who we got on the phone? Well, we here? got Tony Hubbard on the phone today. He's with Seven uh, K Metals, okay. and we're going to talk about precious metals. We're going to ah. talk about yeah, and the and the the practical aspect of using pre- precious metals and collectible coins. You mean I should have a, a bag of gold coins in my drawer? I should have a, a a bar of gold somewhere? Well, I tell you what. Let's say if you had. The dollar was, back in 1965, Yeah. The do- a dollar was worth a dollar. Right. And the silver dollar was worth a silver dollar. Yeah. Okay, and let's say if you bought, decided to buy a 1965 Mustang for $2,500. <laughs> I think You I can do one. it. <laughs> Fast forward today, you cannot buy a brand new Mustang for $2,500. No. But if you have 2,500 silver coins, you can buy two of them. All right. Talk to us, Tony. How's everything going, Doc? Okay. We're well, Tony. Hey. You- you really believe in this nonsense? You hear what he's talking about here? <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Man. I'm going to let you guys explain it. I'm going to sit back and pull up my uh, skeptical notebook here and listen how the, why I should be buying gold. Well, Tony, I'll tell you what. I was, um, uh, was on LinkedIn, and I got some information about a company called 7K Metals. And I decided to do my due diligence. I decided to research the company. I decided to look at the product that the company had. And I had seen the advertisements on TV where, you know, and I'm not going to mention any names, but you can buy all this gold and buy all this silver. But in the fine print, it was saying that you had to have five or $10,000 to actually to buy in. So it just, it just took a lot of people. It closed the door on a lot of people that thought that they could actually invest in precious metals. Until I saw uh, 7K Metals. And the buy-in is if you can afford one coin, then you buy one coin. If you can afford 10 coins, you buy 10 coins. But what I was looking at, what got my attention the most, is that how gold and silver has kept this value over the years. So what I'd like for you to do is just explain uh, why it's important to you, based on your opinion, to actually start uh, saving as far as gold and silver, precious metals, and and also closing the wealth gap as far as looking at a business aspect as to being able to create an income stream, saving precious metals, meaning that you're, you're strengthening your own financial position, but you're also creating a cash flow at the same time while you're doing it. So I just want you to go ahead and explain to me what it is, what this concept is, and how it can actually benefit a lot of people. Oh, absolutely, Tyron. Well, first of all, let me say that, uh, like most Americans, uh, I didn't understand the difference between currency and money uh, for most of my life. I mean, I... I was not aware until uh, someone uh, basically brought it to my attention that in August of 15, 1971, uh, President Nixon took the entire world off of the gold standard. Right. And up until that time, they could only physically print what they could back up with the Fort Knoxes of the world. And like you were stating earlier, back then, money was actually money. You know, the dollar bill was actually money because it was backed by something. But now, I mean, from that time until now, so you're talking about nearly 50 years, uh, a lot of Americans and a lot of people as a whole have been bamboozled to thinking that the dollar bill is actually money, and they don't understand the difference between currency and money. Okay. Uh, and a friend of mine gave me an extra phone call a little over 10 years ago and said, listen, uh, this is not about an opportunity, but I'm calling everyone I love and respect and said, listen, if you're not already doing it, you need to be putting some of your dollars into actual physical silver. And that's what that was my introduction into buying, you know, precious metals. And so I started buying it back then and wasn't really educated on it uh, until uh, someone actually approached me about an opportunity 
with gold and silver. And uh, the concept that we're going to talk about today uh, through this company called 7K Metals. Okay. And, and it's a very simple concept. Uh, it, uh, the company sells a membership similar to a Sam's Club or a Costco, which allows people to do one or two things or both. Uh, a, buy gold and silver bullion at the absolute best price, uh, member direct pricing, as we call it. Or B, you can actually uh, not only collect gold and silver at the best price, but you can earn income, uh, commission, as well as the residual income. Well, Tony, I'll tell you what, let me, let me, we can get into that later, but why? I mean, because people, they kind of hesitate because they don't understand the benefit of why they should be doing something like this, why they should be able to change their behavior and, and, and start looking long term as far as why, how can this benefit me? Why should I do this? Absolutely. Well, here's the major reason why, and I heard you guys speaking earlier about financial planners, is that uh, if you talk to most financial planners, they'll talk about having a certain part of your portfolio in what they call hard, tangible assets. And the two most common ones by far is either real estate or precious metals. Well, we understand a lot of people don't get into real estate uh, for capital reasons or whatever the case may be, but precious metals is something that has historically has always had its values, what we call intrinsic value, and it is real money. I mean, money is simply a medium of exchange, you know, something that has a medium of exchange. And it has a, you know, 5,000-year track record of always, you know, having value, you know. And that's the thing I love about it. And, you know, even talking about from a spiritual standpoint, for those that, you know, that that read the King James Version of the Bible, um, gold is mentioned uh, 417 times. Wow. Silver, 320. Money is only mentioned 140 times, but in each case, Greek and Hebrew is referring to physical gold and silver. That's real money. Exactly. And, and I'm on a quest, basically a crusade, to educate as many people as I know about the, the, the value of having real money and, uh, and how to put a part of your portfolio into that. You know, it's funny that you mention that, too, because a lot today's based on the psychology of today, people think real money is that dollar bill or a credit card. And it's not. Absolutely. You're you're 100% correct. So they have all of this faith, all of this peace of mind, all of this good feeling by having a piece of plastic in their wallet when basically the credit card company can call one day and say, hey, look, we're taking we're pulling your line of credit. We can wake up one day and the dollar is worth three cents. And so guess what? Because of the hidden tax, which is inflation. Let's say if you put in your money in the bank, your dollars are in the bank. And because of this hidden tax of inflation, your money is actually being confiscated in plain sight just because of inflation. So go back. So I heard there was a story about the million dollar mistake that everybody's making. And I I, I heard about it. But can you elaborate on that? That million dollar mistake that we are making every single day that we're not even conscious of. Absolutely. Uh, A million dollar mistake. And that's one of the things we educate people on in our company is that. Uh, it, it comes to buying uh, what we call collectible or numismatic coins. Okay. Uh, historically, they have increased in value faster than the bullion counterpart. And, and the million-dollar mistake comes to the most popular one-ounce silver coin in the world, which is the American Silver Eagle, uh, which started being minted in 1986 after President Reagan signed the Gold and Silver Coin Act of 1985, which made it legal again for Americans to own gold and silver. Wow. And... Uh, and so uh, the scenario that we give the individuals and, and it, it is documented is that if you'd have bought just one silver eagle a month, 
uh, uh, graded Silver Eagle and uh, sent it out to be graded by a third-party grading company. Uh, back back in 1986, where Silver was $5 an ounce, if you'd have had it graded by a third-party grading company, you'd look at another 25 to 30 bucks. So you would have had less than $50 in that particular coin. But if the coin was graded out at an MS-70, which is a perfect minted coin, uh, it, it, that one coin today is now worth $700. Wow. And, and if you'd have just bought one a month, where our price for it now is about 100 bucks, if you'd have bought one a month and set it aside for kids, grandkids, whatever the case may be, uh, from 1986 until now, you'd have had about $39,000 in those coins. Well, combined today, they are worth $1.6 million. And so that's the million-dollar mistake that we educate individuals on about why not only do we encourage to buy precious metals as far as bullion, but also collectible or numismatic coins, because historically they have increased in value faster than the bullion counterpart. So let me, let me, let me get this straight. And it, what you're telling me, because people are going to spend money. We we just we live in a spin, spin, spin economy. So people are going to spend money. So the issue is not based on them spending money, because they're going to spend it anyway. The issue is what do they what do they choose to spend their money on? So you're saying if they change their behavior and just take a small per- percentage of their income and put it in precious metals or collectible coins over a period of time. Not only is it going to hold its value, but if they had done that back in night from 1986 to now, they would have had over a million dollars, a million two, in coins. Uh, that's not going to lose their value. Absolutely. I mean, the, the beautiful thing about precious metals is that it has intrinsic value. I mean, you know, I don't have to convince people that it has value. I mean, it's historically it's held its value, and if you look at it from an investment standpoint over the last 20 years is actually outperformed a better return than even the stock market. So, uh, But we encourage the, you know, individuals to, to do, I mean, whatever they're putting into regular savings, to do so in precious metals because historically it has increased in value and it's held its value. So why aren't more people doing this? I mean, uh, if it's so simple, if it's so simple, it's so easy, it's so right there in your face. It's been, go- it's been going on for thousands of years. Uh, why... Is it more people taking advantage of this opportunity? Well, uh, I, I think the major reason, as you said earlier, is basically being hid in plain sight, and sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And so that's why we're on a quest, we're on a crusade to educate as many people as we possibly can on why you need to have precious metals, uh, especially you know in, in today's economy. You know, um, you know, we, we hear so much talk about you know having such a booming economy. But I, I know personally, I still know a lot of people that are still living paycheck to paycheck. They don't understand about saving and, and tangible assets. So, Right. You know, a lot of people, too, we, we live in what's called a gigged economy. So what's happening is a lot of people are taking on two and three jobs just to make ends meet. And that's, that becomes the norm. And let's say if somebody decided that they wanted, they weren't making enough money, so that what they want to do is they just want to increase the hours that they're getting on their job. And so when they do that and they start working overtime, they start losing money just based on tax revenue. So not only are they losing that time that they're not spending because everything is, is cause and effect. Everything is a compensation. So whatever you give to something, you're going to take back from someplace else. So they're giving up that time. They're giving up the, those resources. They're losing money in taxes. And all of a sudden, people begin to get frustrated because they cannot see. They're working harder, but they're not getting ahead. 
So what I found out, too, with 7K Metals is that there's a way for people to actually increase their income while they're telling people about educating people about gold and silver. So now they're they're increasing their net worth, but they're increasing their cash flow at the same time. Can you elaborate on that? Because I my thing is I'm constantly telling people, hey, if you have a job, maintain that job, but also start a business on the side. Start a business on the side, accumulate some cash flow, and eventually what will happen is that that job that you have, you'll be able to transition into the business that you started. So elaborate on that. Absolutely, man. Well, one of the things you hear a lot about in uh, uh, different circles as far as having multiple streams of revenue. And, uh, and and multiple streams of revenue is not having two particular or uh, three particular jobs. Right. And one one of the things I love about it, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, who's uh, arguably written the number one best-selling business book now of all time, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right. He talks about the multiple streams of revenue, but he also wrote a book on called The Business of the 21st Century, where he encouraged people that of a, the average person's best chance on achieving uh, an above-average lifestyle is to have some type of home-based business. So this is a network market. Yes. And so... So that's one of the reasons why I love the company 7K Metals because not only can you collect assets every single month, you know, at the best price and, and start saving based upon what you can afford, but there is a, a revenue stream that you, when we teach you how to build a network where you can also generate an additional cash flow without going out there and getting another nine to five. Okay. And I love that aspect of it. Well, Tony, I tell you what, um, we're running out of time right now. and we're gonna, I would love to have you come back. But the point that I really wanted to make is that people, people that know or that are in the know, they know that the fastest way to wealth is to have your own business. And people that are in the know, they actually have a large portion of their assets in gold and silver in a tangible asset. And also, I mean, if, if truth be told, a lot of banks have purchased gold and silver. And so if the banks are doing it, if the 5% are doing it, then I believe, just because this show is closing the wealth gap, that the 95% should at least start taking a look at taking a portion of their income um, and saying, hey, look, I'm going to spend this money anyway. So why not spend it on something that I'm going to have that I can actually pass down to the next generation and that it can, it, it can actually maintain its value? You know, you're talking about people, a lot of people, they're stuffing money uh, in their mattresses because they don't know what to do with their money. Well, I, the minute you stuff that money in the mattress and leave it there for 20 years, if it was $20,000, it's not worth $20,000. But if you start stuffing gold and silver coins in the mattress and come back 20 years, if it's $20,000, uh, it's probably worth three times that amount. Absolutely. So, man, hey, great having you on the show today. Um, like I said, we're going to have you back on. And, Paul, what did you think about this segment? You know, I was wondering if you were going to ask me because I was very skeptical. I, I got to be honest. There. I got to be very skeptical. And I'm thinking my late great father believed in coins and stuffed them away and left them to me. And I don't even know what they're worth. They're sitting in a box somewhere. And he used to go buy gold, uh, silver dollars. And I, and I thought he was fool. I said, come on, Dad. This is like old school. But he just, he just every so often, he'd, he'd pull out, 
you know, be, when the silver coins were still in circulation, he'd pull those out, and he would buy proof sets, and he would buy the dollars. So I'm going to have to go take a look at what all that stuff's worth. Just sit, it's just sitting in a box somewhere in the garage. And that's why you have these grading companies. They're, they're certified grading companies that will actually tell you what the auction price of that coin is. And I'll tell you what, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Back in 1999, what was going on back then? It was something everybody knew about it. Begin with, begin with a Y. Y2K. Y2K. Yeah, right. So if you bought a Silver Eagle back in 1999, guess how much that coin is worth today? You're going to embarrass me and say it's worth a lot more than I think it is, yeah. $19,000. What? For one coin. You know, we don't save stuff like that anymore. I, I have a collection. I have another collection that, that everybody's laughed at me at. When I was a little kid, I was given a collection of uh, 1930s baseball cards by a neighbor who did, thought they were values. I don't have Babe Ruth, but I, I, he said he had it, but he couldn't find Babe Ruth. But I have some other things in there. And I've wondered through the years what that's worth. They're in mint condition. I, I was very precious about them. Most of them are teams that don't exist, the Philadelphia Athletics and other sorts. Of, they're from the 1930s baseball cards. And everybody would just say, you know, why are you holding on to this stuff? That's just such an old notion of stick it in a drawer and set it aside. But there was wisdom in that. There was a lot of wisdom. I might have more money than I think I got here. Everything we learned about finances, we learned in kindergarten. Everything we learned about finances and, and how, as far as things actually working, we learned when we were very young. Because fast forward today, all of those same principles and those concepts are worth a fortune now. I'm just saying, when my parents' generation, my grandparents' generation, they were savers. And they p believed in setting things aside. There was silver that passed down from generation to generation. They, uh, some of them collected coins, whatever it was. We, don't, we live in a very fast, I, I don't want to stick something aside. I want it now. I want my cup of coffee today. I'd rather have a, a temporary fix than a long-term solution. My point is that these, those old folks knew what they were talking about. Yeah. They knew it too. They knew it exactly what they were You're talking about. You're making me feel bad now, Tony. You guys, I'm going to have to go look at my dad's coins and maybe start buying some more here. How do they reach you, Tony, if they want to buy some coins? Uh, well, you can reach me uh, via, I guess, email, which is my name, Tony, T-O-N-Y, Hubbard, H-U-B-B-A-R-D, uh, the number 4-T-H at Gmail. So Tony Hubbard 4-T-H at Gmail. Or uh, myself, and, and I'm very accessible, is two, area code 281-850-5435. And do you send them, the, they send you money and you set them an account and they just, you send them real coins no. or do you store them somewhere? Or? So what, what we do through 7K now is we sell a membership like a Sam's Club. And they, they, it, the membership, once they get that annual membership, they'll get their own free website, and they can order their coins as little as they want, as much as they want, and we ship them to their doorstep. Okay. So it's like Sam's Club for coin collectors here. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. How my, about that? My daughter is graduating from high school in June of this year. She's already collecting sil silver and gold coins. I'll tell you, so you're making me think now here. I know we're running out of time. Um, we had a uh, Cambodian businessman. There's a big Cambodian and Vietnamese community here in Orange County. And he was in talking about how his family came, couldn't speak English, you know, dirt poor, boat people came over. And how did they now own, they started with little donut shops and then the liquor stores, and now they own shopping centers and all sorts of stuff. And he said, every time we get married, we don't give any, pre we give coin, we give gold. Exactly. And he said, so when I got married, he said, I had like 300 people that each of them gave me an ounce of gold. And I said, you're kidding me. He said, no, I got 300 ounces of gold when I got married. 
that's the number one thing in, in Asian communities. And, and you look at the success of that group versus my own friends and families and slacker kids, uh, friends and stuff here. We, we don't think that long term. We don't. Paul, I measure things based on what works and what doesn't work. And this, my friend, it works. All right. Well, thanks for sharing it, guys. You're going to make me go back and think. If nothing else, I'm going to dig up my box of coins here and see what I got. Maybe I've got wealth sitting in the garage there. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tony, for joining us. Hey, appreciate it, guys. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate all right. You. And how do they reach you, Tyrone, if they want to learn more about these in innovative strategies you keep stressing every week? You well, guys are all, uh, I feel like I'm with a bunch of preachers here. You can reach me at www.closingthewealthgap.us. Well, you've certainly made it your life's mission to do that, and you're not afraid to uh, get in people's face and say, come on, folks, you're going to hell unless you uh, change otherwise here. <laughs> Thanks for sharing it. Thanks, buddy. Yes, there is a gap between the haves and the have-nots. Which side of that gap are you on? How do you close it? How do you close the wealth gap? Tune each and every week. Here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.